This is the Ali Le Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Welcome to another edition of Ali Le Rouge podcast. I'm your host, Peter Hooten, and I'm joined on this episode by Dan Kay from the Liverpool Echo, Ian Byrne from the Spirits of Shankly and Fan Support and Food Banks, and the second Evertonian ever to appear on this podcast, <laughs> Henry MacDonald. He's an author, a journalist, and he's brought up in Belfast. And because of Alan Ball's white boots, he supports Everton. Uh, but we'll go into more of that later. So all thing, good things come to an end. After 17 straight wins, we were finally held to a draw by the once famous Manchester United, <laughs> who used to try and get out of their own half in years gone by against Liverpool. Um, so we never really got going, did we? But it's the second success of the season where United have basically parked the bus, which is undoubtedly a backhanded compliment to Liverpool. But uh, the mentality monsters finally became human and fairly average on Sunday. Never really got going, did we, Dan? No. Um, and our record at Old Trafford isn't quite as bad as Everton's record at Anfield, but it's not a million Ooh. miles away. No, that wasn't that wasn't shots fired, Henry, by any by any stretch, but merely to illustrate that certain games, certain venues, yeah, absolutely. over a long period of time, whether it's different players, different teams, become problematic. I, th- I think it's. Yeah. I think. Two wins in 10 years, something like four in yeah, 25 yeah, yeah. or something yeah. like that. The run was always going to come to an end at some point, wasn't it? Um, Just disappointing the way it happened, though, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, the, 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 one, the, the main positive I took from it, I think, was the fact that it, it was always going to end at some point. If it had ended at Old Trafford with a defeat, yeah. with a performance like that, I think psychologically it could have had potentially quite a damaging effect on us. Bearing in mind, we're heading into a very important chunk of games that yeah. obviously concludes on the 9th of November with Liverpool against Manchester City at Anfield. Yeah. So I think to be able to walk out of there with, with I think, just about deserved points, certainly on the basis of the last 25, 30 minutes, mm. I think, um, you know, I, I can't, I'm struggling to remember when's the last time Liverpool got a late equaliser at Old Trafford. Mm. Generally, if we're losing there, we get beef. So to, be, so to dig in and to have the, the confidence and the, the ability to, to, Get an 85th minute equaliser at the end of a 15 pass move the way we did, I think shows that this is a you know the the men the mentality monsters tag is still very much apt even if certainly on the day they didn't yeah. play anywhere close to their their ability. Yeah, Ian, how did you see it? I mean, obviously the substitutions changed the game, but yeah, I think absolutely. it could have been a bit earlier maybe because it was only Liverpool were on the offensive after the substitution. Yeah, maybe. absolutely. I think the substitution had a huge impact on the game, but we just looked disjointed, didn't we? Just like you know, coming back from the international break, and we just we just weren't at the races. The, as I said, the mentality wasn't right. And to be fair to United, they had a, a massive point to prove, didn't they? In front yeah. of their own they'd fans, they'd done a job, didn't they? They'd, they'd done a job, and they, had they a changed bit, the formation. Yeah, a bit, bit between the seats, and they had a good goal. And you know what we've mm. seen that over the years when we play great Man United sides, when we've been poor, and we've just like dug in and scrapped for the point, we're all mm. made up, but we're mild miles away in class and that class gaps there but yeah and you know when Alana come on I was going oh no no when I like Alana I think he's a good footballer but he's not a person who you think is going to get you the no. goal so I was made up for him yeah because yeah, he's yeah. had an hard couple yeah. of years hasn't he and I think it was nice for them yeah. to get that uh, to get that goal but yeah as Dan quite rightly said uh, I'll take a bad performance and a draw at United mm. Henry did you did you watch the game I watched the game actually in Belfast with paradoxically a couple of Manx veterans, Red Manx, friends yeah, yeah. of mine, in a bar that is 
notorious for being a Liverpool bar, oh, right, really? in the city centre. Yeah. It's where all the, the, the Reds go to, you know, the, mm. the Mersey Reds go to. And really, you know, their view before the game was they were going to get hammered, they were going to get tanked. And they were they were shocked. They took it to be a moral victory, ironically, yeah. even yeah. though I think I take your point about getting, you know, getting the equaliser and not getting beaten to end mm. your unbeaten run. Yeah. Uh, or, or your winning streak for so long. Um so it, it, they took something positive out of it as well. But yeah, yeah. they were expecting to get hammered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do they feel about United's tactics at home? I think they had the second lowest possession figure they've had in the Premier League. Um it's 32% at home. Me um, mate Alan, who supported them from the 50s, he said to me, uh, it's like it's like Mourinho all over again, but we'll take it. <laughs> Summed it all up. Yeah, really, yeah. obviously they were, you know, parking the bus once more, but yeah. not, not without but Mourinho. He, he changed the tactics to me, Ollie, Ollie, and I don't think uh, he'd been given a lot of credit for that. I mean, mm-hmm. Carragher touched on it on Monday Night Football, but basically by stifling um, our fullbacks by did, yeah. basically playing um, uh, three at the back, wasn't it? Three yeah, and then the a five midfield yeah, to yeah. push up on our fullbacks, and it really. It and it, it did work. So you've got to give him a bit of credit for that, haven't you? You know, but. Surely United fans wouldn't put up with that uh, every week. that type of performance every week. No? They wouldn't, but I'm sure they'd, they'd rather put up with that than going all out attack and getting beaten five nil. Um, you know, it, it, you've got to in the situation that they're in, you have to have a certain element of pragmatism. I think at times. <clears throat> that being said, I don't think they were. I mean, you, you've used the expression "park in the bus." Mm. For the second season running, I mean, really, you could you could argue it's the third season running because yeah, certainly yeah, so. the the two years that Mourinho came to Mourinho came to Anfield, I think in, in sixteen and seventeen, and the most two of the most he parked the battleship absolutely yeah, parked. It was a battleship, not a boat. Whereas <laughs> you, you, United didn't exactly pour forward in, in in big numbers, but they but they, they did go forward they at the right times. The goal was good. The goal was it was good goal. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously, we can get into whether it should have been allowed or yeah. not. Well, that's yeah. but, <laughs> but but the the, the speed, particularly the two lads they got up front, Rashford and James, obviously give them that outlet that they can spring quickly. I think they, they definitely sat back more as the game wore on. But to be mm. honest, and this, this was the one kind of thing I was clinging to as the game was going on, when obviously Liverpool were not playing yeah. well, certainly for the first hour. United put a lot of a lot into that first did, hour, yeah. a lot of mm. physical intensity. Mm. Yeah. And I remember chatting to someone at half time and saying, can they keep, I don't think they can keep that up for 90 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. And you could definitely tell as the game kind of wore into the final quarter, they were kind of blown for tugs a little bit. And obviously that enabled us to kind of build pressure on the edge of their box, mm. which finally paid off. Obviously United, you know, I said this to United fans on various podcasts, you know, and, and online, the, that's their cup final now. Yeah. For, it is their cup final, there's no doubt about that. And that's how far they've 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 dropped over the years. But in, you could see they were really up for it. But Liverpool had a not, an, an arrogance, but a nonchalance. But really, yeah. it didn't suit the game, did it? Because you thought Liverpool in control here, but doing what they're doing. But as soon as they got that uh, breakaway and scored a goal, it just uh, I I think Liverpool were going for like go to go to our time for nil nil, and then we'll take it to them in the second half. I think I that's what the plan was. Off intensity wise, mm. I just didn't think you know considering the game of the importance. Obviously, it's United, but also the, the runners to the. I just didn't think we were, we were at it. Maybe as I said, that was the international break. But mm. I just don't think we were. 
uh, we were focused enough and I no. just didn't and we weren't on it we were all the all the players weren't on it Salah's always a big miss isn't he so I think yeah, you've got to make yeah. you know but I mean know, I was screaming you know get, get the ball to Manny's feet get the ball yeah. to Manny's feet and he yeah. didn't get he didn't get enough of the ball to Manny maybe that's the tactics United adopted and as much as stop, you know, stop, stop the ball Manny. getting to as Manny you know. Divock, he's definitely more effective at the moment as a substitute oh yeah you know, he's yeah. miles more more effective as a substitute <coughs> he causes much more problems <coughs> so so yeah that's sort of moving forward I think we need to address maybe not panic sticking but in January I do think we need another option mm. I really do Henry as an Evertonian can you relate to those tactics in terms of stop Liverpool at, at <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the derby in December with trepidation I'm almost yeah, like yeah. My, my, my friend Alan you, being you, a man do you reckon he'll go 3-5-2 in the derby maybe well, you, know, to stop? you wouldn't know with uh, Silva I mean I just don't you know, he did the right tactics on Saturday. He changed and very he, well, he, he ends all the marking for, you know, for well, it effectively ended it. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I, that's I, a contentious I issue with Evertonian. Well, no, I don't. I just don't think it just needs to be dumped. But uh, I mean, he, yeah, I think Everton will probably need to park the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting the way, man. You've the less expectations. I yeah, mean, it's incredible yeah. the way yeah. they've kind of yeah. So were they celebrating in Belfast? Were they celebrating the draw type of thing, or was there a bit of a? They were uh, they deserve to win. Do you, you, they you, think they deserve to win? Or? No, they, I don't, no, I don't think. That. I think there was relief among relief, them. The, yeah. the, 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 the monks I was with. They were yeah. they were relieved. Yeah. Whereas uh, the Liverpool fans, who were the majority in the bar all around me, were kind of disappointed that yeah, they didn't yeah. win it. You know? Yeah, because the the way the rate, you Sorry. know, the well, the V called Man City's eighteen eighteen matches. Um, but straight it, wins, which is like unbelievable. If you'd say seventeen straight wins and a draw at Old Trafford, you'd take yeah. that all day, wouldn't God, you? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. just the manner of the way they they didn't they weren't really at the races. Really, I think you know? what was what was frustrating was that going into the game, as Henry said, there was real trepidation amongst a lot of United supporters that not just that they might get beaten, but they might get badly beaten, humiliated yeah. at home, yeah. three, four, five, or whatever. And obviously, we went there full of beans, seventeen straight wins. Eight points clear at the top of the league as it was going yeah. into the weekend. <clears throat> and I read a few pieces in the build-up to the game going, I want to see us go there. I think Ian used the word arrogance just, just before. And play with the kind of arrogance befitting a team. Absolutely. That's yeah. at the yeah. top the of the league that's, that's won 17 games on the bounce. Mm. Now, it's easier said than done. The, the reality is, no matter how... And we know this from our own experience of the last 20 years when the United were Absolutely. all conquering... It doesn't, you know, it's the oldest cliche in the book, but for those type of games, those kind of derby, yeah. classico type games, it was our cup final then, it wasn't goes it? out of the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manchester United against Liverpool is what it is, and mm. it will always matter to both clubs mm. and both sets of supporters, particularly, no matter where each side is in the league. And so the you know, the, the, the kind of arrogance to step onto that field and, and boss it, whether they, you know, whether they talked about that before the game, whether that was in their minds beforehand, mm. for whatever reason, once the match started, mm. it didn't play that way. No. Yeah. But you know, the, the, I can't. I've got to be honest. I with on about sixty-five, seventy when whatever you know, we'd had a bit of a push at the start of the second half, but we weren't really making any inroads. Mm. I'd given up hope to be honest. And mm. I, I yeah. kind of thought the, if the there's a second goal in this game, it's going to them. We're going to get beat. That's interesting because it was the other way around among the United fans I was with. Mm. Yeah, they thought once Liverpool score, they're going to get another one. That yeah. was the expectation but, but, the entire but, time. My, yeah, yeah. But what was leading me to think that way was there wasn't that. Yeah, you know, we we had so much the ball. Like we did last year, like we did in those those tedious nil nils at home to Mourinho's United a couple of years ago, but we weren't creating chances. We weren't opening yeah. them up. No. The 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 one spark, as I said, in the in the, the back of my mind was that they've put so much into this game. Can they keep going? They're hurtling into mm. challenges, pressing every area of the pitch, and 
you know, the, the, the biggest thing you can say for Liverpool is that they do not give up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it doesn't matter how bad things are going for them. They will not throw the talent. Uh, 10 shots on Sunday. Yeah. You know, and if you look at what uh, against Genk last night, we only had 12 shots, you mm. know. <laughs> but it's, it's the quality and whether they're on target or not. But I think in terms of... Um, in terms of what happened on Sunday, I think obviously VAR played a big, and I still don't understand um, VAR. Does anyone understand it? I mean, no. Jamie Carragher did the virtual reality stuff that, uh, where he put oh, the headset night. on yeah. and said the referee couldn't see, so he couldn't see it, so he couldn't give it. So then he relies upon VAR to tell him mm. what happened. But VAR won't overrule the referee because they think. Oh, it's not a clear and obvious error. I mean, where, so the where is the, where's the rules? I, mean, I they've, just don't understand them. They've made an absolute dog's breakfast of it, haven't they? Yeah, they, yeah. At, at the moment, we've got the worst of both worlds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely fair. Atkinson, I have to say, I thought I had a very poor game. He was your classic homer. I think the reason why a lot of us were so obsessed at the time that that foul wasn't given, not that it's the worst foul in the world, We've all played football and you know, the football we grew up on in the 70s and 80s, yeah. that foul wouldn't be given. No. But in 2019, that's a foul. Yeah, yeah. And the point is he'd already given at least three or four of those types of fouls to yeah. them yeah. in that first half hour. <clears throat> but the problem is, as Carragher proved with the VAR thing, the referee literally couldn't see it. Fine. It can't be everywhere on the pitch. He hasn't got 360 degree of vision. Yeah. That's where you need VAR <clears throat> to step in. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but the Premier League <clears throat> have taken this policy decision, haven't they? where they have said we are not going to send the referees to the monitor by the side of the pitch. Mm. So what? So why have do you know why they? Do you know why they've decided that? Because they don't want to undermine the. Because they don't want to undermine the. the well, so, so why not do away with VR? Well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just go either the use it or don't use it. Yeah, but absolutely. It, it, yeah, totally it, agree with that. I mean, it's a, a good example was, you know, the the Mina goal at Goodison on Saturday. When I mean, you look at it, in the replays, what's wrong with it? He's having a shirt tug. And he scores. A couple of weeks earlier, dismal performance at Burnley. They lose. Tarkovsky, you know, gets in. There's a, a hint that maybe there was some sort of impeding of the goalkeeper or other defenders. You know, it's the same scenario. Totally, and VR wasn't used mm. on Saturday. It's, it is completely <coughs> inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. That's the inconsistency the that gets people. Either, I, I totally agree. Either you use it or you give it in every game. Yeah, and you have. Hard and fast rules, yeah. and I think obviously I mean, it has to be the referee in the end of the day looking at the monitor. I think it's it has to be goal line, goal line, goal line technology. We can under, you know, we all agree that that that's that's great, great instance, yeah. black and white. Yeah, VAR maybe for offsides, maybe for offsides, maybe for penalties, but in terms of general play on the field, well, I mean, how long were we waiting? Piece. How long were we waiting for that VAR decision? I mean, yeah. I mean, often it's taken two or three minutes. Now, for me, obviously, we've had it around. I think they brought it in in the FA Cup two seasons ago. Yeah. And then last season it was there for some of the Champions League games and some of the games here and there. So we've seen how it, you know, how it, the various ways it can be used. Now, for a long time, I've been saying, I think the whole business of getting the referee to go over and look on the screen on the side of the pitch is a nonsense. That's what's delaying things too much. Give the, like, give the referees up in the studio... The, the, the power and the authority to say, no, you're wrong, that's the decision. Yeah. However, I, I, I can, even if I don't necessarily agree with it, I can see where they're coming from in terms of they don't want to necessarily undermine the referee on the pitch. Yeah. But that goal on, on Sunday was the perfect example. The referee could not see the incident. Mm. So what should happen there is they got on the mic and say, listen, you couldn't see that from your angle, but there yeah. is a possibility of a foul. Go and look at it. But, but yeah. in, in cricket... <coughs> the, the, it's it's the decision, isn't it? So yeah. you know if the umpire's wrong, he's wrong. Isn't well, it? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's, 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 it's a lot of isn't it? It's, you know, 
so that's why you can't understand why we can't have that. We mm. either have it or we don't. Mm. And the time it's taking to implement it, the atmosphere, you don't want to celebrate the goal. Yeah. And then when the goal's given or not given, it's 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 just a dog's dinner. It's, it's, it's taking the spontaneity out of the game. You know, I think it is it's certainly kill it. for the people in the in the ground, it's killing the yeah. the match, isn't it? Yeah. But the problem and is the it might be exciting for people at home yeah. make a cup of tea while it's a decision <laughs> made but you know but the problem is Pete you, get, you do get the impression that the people that make the decisions it's the people at home they're mm. the priority not the paying spectator mm. so we benefited from uh, VAR against Genk you know and it was a, it was a, one of those decisions wasn't it where you know marginal offside I mean it's a toe isn't it or something I mean mm. is that get, do you think that should be clarified as well or should it well, be should it be more of the body, or I don't know, you know, it was an elbow or a toe. I mean, we're Graham Sudis came out with a great line, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago, when he said, You, you can't be a little bit pregnant, you either are, you either are, or you aren't. Yeah. I do, I do think there's something. Do you think that, that's you think the well, line whether it's a toe or yeah. to be honest, though, Ian, I mean, I'm a big cricket fan as well as football, and to be honest, I think we always knew VAR was going to be a work in progress, it's always going to be tweaked and evolved as things go mm. on, and I think it will improve, but it needs to improve quicker, yeah, I, I, very I, quick. I, I do think that some some kind of some kind of parallel with the umpire's call decision that they have in cricket, where when it's very marginal like that, yeah, there's um, it basically will 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 be defined on what the what the ref what the what the official originally gave, mm. and I think that gives them a little bit little bit of leeway for some of those marginal ones because otherwise you're going to have games ending up like American football where it lasts mm. three hours. Yeah. So in terms of the general performance last night, though, I think. Um, Liverpool were a lot better, weren't they? Second half. I mean, they had a they had a little bit of a go. I mean, until uh, Oxlade's second goal, which was absolutely you know different. It's like it's 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 unbelievable goal, isn't it? it Turning ground stuff, isn't it? Outside of the foot, brilliant. But they did have a little bit of a go. But were you surprised with Liverpool's setup because it was a very attacking formation, wasn't it? Especially if we'd last, you know, we'd lost our last four Mm. group games. So you think. This is a real gamble. This maybe he's maybe he's done his homework on him, but to have Fabinho, Fabinho is the only defensive midfielder. He was isolated. He was it was him versus the rest mm. of the midfield sometimes, wasn't yeah. it? On his birthday, other, yeah. on his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, would that surprise you? Because I know a lot of fans are being calling out for like more creativity and uh, play Kaiser and, and Oxide yeah. straight away. But that does mean. The defense is a lot more exposed, but I mean, do you think game by game basis? Do you think it was a exactly. case of they're not a, they're not the strongest team Absolutely. in the group? We'll try this out. Absolutely, I think it was very much a horses for courses selection. In fact, one of our post match pieces yesterday basically made the point for, for me and Doyle who was out in Belgium made the point saying you might not see that midfield again for quite a while. No, yeah, but it was it was at some it, at some points it was four one five, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I can see games where maybe you know, for example, I don't know. Yeah, you know, what I want to disrespect. You know, a, a team in the bottom three at home in the league. You know, I, he, I, I don't think he would. He would never have named that midfield away to Man United. He would never name that midfield no. against City. But in a game when you know you're going to have a lot of the ball, they're going to sit back and try to defend. I, you know, I, I can, I can see why he went for it because mm. having taken three points from the first six, having this back-to-back set of games against Absolutely. Genk, who, with all due respect for them, and they are the Belgian champions, but they're only six in the Belgian league at the moment. I think there was very much an awareness, the kind of arrogance and, and, and commanding performance that we'd have liked to see Liverpool produce on Sunday. Mm. Go on that pitch, show how much better than these you are. Yeah. And if you concede one or two goals, well, we'll score four or five. But does Klopp think Fabinho's Superman? 
playing him as the one hole well, in midfield player. I mean, he must do, mustn't he? We do have to handle him carefully because we haven't really got anybody no. similar. And it's he a long and season. And he blows the sucks after 70 because he's, yeah. he's that, uh, you know, he's in a few that influential in a few games. Yeah. You've seen him flag, haven't you? So he's got to be managed. Uh, carefully, but yeah. obviously he starts usually landing in that role as well, hasn't he? In certain games, but he couldn't have played there. Uh, he couldn't play them three. No, he's exactly like for like, is he? No, absolutely. So uh, we were pretty clinical though last night. I thought, yeah, you know, uh, you know, great movements up front again, and you know, even though Salah hasn't been at his best, you know, it's his nonchalance, isn't it? Which is like deceptive, well, isn't it? He reminded me a little bit last night of Robbie Fowler, yeah. Salah, in that one of, in his first season, I think ninety four, ninety five, there was a game at home to Man City round about Christmas just after Christmas, I think it was, and he had an absolute stinker. Couldn't trap the ball, couldn't find the red shirt. With about 15 minutes to go, he missed a penalty. He was having an absolute nightmare. And then two minutes later, picks the ball up, pings it right into the top corner at the cop end. And Mo Salah last night, well, he didn't miss a penalty, but he wasn't having his greatest game. And I think it's the second half where on there were a couple of incidents where, you know, he, he didn't give the ball in time, moves were breaking down. And, but we were saying, I was in here covering the game last night, and we were saying that, you leave him on the pitch because Absolutely. he is capable of producing one of those moments. And the goal, I mean, the strength, the strength to kind of hold the ball up with it, where the ball's played into him with his back to goal was one thing, but the way he kind of just wriggled through it was it was a feat of escapology. It was almost yeah, like Houdini, yeah. the way he just wriggled past three of them and he was through mm. and then slotted, and mm. that's what he's got the ability to do. Mm. What great. an amazing comeback by Oxlade Chamberlain. I mean, you have to yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an incredible yeah. story. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I mean, to come you back know. from that. You know, yeah, I mean, that's a terrible injury. And, and it was April 2018. by Arsenal as well. You know, yeah. it's kind of it was April 2018, wasn't it? Yeah. That's when yeah. he, so against Roma, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's when he got injured. But, you know, he looks like now he's getting back to some the type well, of form. He was form superb, he was, wasn't he? You know, when he got injured, he was, yeah, he was superb. Yeah, he, he was, was driving his that team, wasn't he? He was yeah. driving the team, I still team, think we he? might have won in KFA no, if absolutely. he hadn't got injured. Even he's definitely an option. call up again? I think it's definitely going to be on the He's definitely an option now, isn't he? Yeah. Kaiser had a good game as well, didn't he? Yeah, he's got Kaiser. I mean... And at Old Trafford, particularly yeah. at Old Trafford. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see any? Of the, I know you like his stats on occasion. I haven't got them in front of me, but yeah. he came on. I think he came on. The, he was substituted onto the pitch on eighty-two minutes. I think mm. at Old Trafford, and he he had the, by the end of it, whatever, what four or five minutes stoppage time, he ended up with the same number or more completed passes and touches yeah. than some of the players that have been on for ninety minutes. He changed minutes. Yeah, yeah, the mentality yeah, of the game. Yeah. He totally changed the mentality of the game yeah. coming on. I mean, superb. the only the only question mark over Kaiser is not his ability. And not as you know his intensity and his, his creativity. It's his fitness, isn't it? So he's got to get a run of games, isn't he? Yeah. Really. So would you see him starting against Spurs, maybe, or would you see the Ox start against Spurs? I think it? Jurgen Klopp now has got a bit of a selection headache. Mm. You know, there's there's real competition for places, and to be honest, it's what we needed because right. yeah. I don't think it's any secret that obviously we're all we've got a great team at the moment, and we're, we're all delighted for that. But the midfield is probably the least amazing part of it. Yeah. And we've all been saying for a while well, when we get Kater and Oxley Chamberlain back, there's a little bit more variety. And I think the two of them yeah. have the ability to give us give the midfield a different dimension. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Our social media has been going absolutely uh, crazy today over the the flag that was unfair before the match. We're not going to go into too much detail here, but if you want to. Um, Liverpool, the club, made the statements, and also the Spirit of Shankly made the yeah. statements about the flag. But um, it's it's one of those things that you know 
uh, we don't like to see, really, do we? You know? No, it's it's ridiculous, really. You know, in, in this day and age, um, how anyone thought that that was okay or acceptable, or that they'd get away with it, yeah, yeah. is um, is beyond belief, really. Mm. And you know, in all likelihood, the, if the people that the club have said that they're going to look into finding who was responsible for it, and they'll take action against them, and you know, unfortunately, they've really got is, themselves to blame. It is 2019, isn't it? Well, well, it is, yeah. well, it's less than seven days since what was going, what went on in Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, of, you know, that's, that's what's intensified. It's amazing, isn't it? yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, and you know, even Neil Lennon saying tonight about Celtic, he's worried about his players being abused tonight when they play Lazio. So yeah. Hopefully, they won't mm. be. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you'd think it's it's in yeah. the public domain. This this mm. debate. Um, yeah. Mm. Well, it's education, that. education, education for me. Hundred percent. I think that's what that's yeah. what we've got to be doing. We've got to be educating mm. people, haven't we? And it was highlighted as well that uh, Carragher and Everett were on Monday Night Football, where Carragher made the apology. Yeah. Uh, so it's all it's 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 the main media news. So to take a flag like that is absolutely stupid. Isn't it, you know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, on to um, on to Spurs then. So they've you know they've had a disappointing start to the season, but they're still seventh, seventh place, which surprised me. Um, and they're yet to win on the travels, uh, and they've only won four times in 13 matches in all competitions. But they, they came back to a bit of form against Red Star, beating them 5 0. So, can, can I just, just. My dad was saying last night, he was saying, uh, they're just getting informed to me, thought you know, he's a pessimist. <laughs> but they, they fell off a cliff after the European Cup final, the yeah. 3-7. So, it puts it into context what we've done yeah. last year, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, where we, we came back last year from it, and, you know, they've, they've really suffered. There's all rumours of discontent. Uh, so there's there's lots as well. You may know more about that and uh, what's going on, but uh, but they, they haven't impressed this year, have they? They're, they're miles no. away from the team that we seen last year, but they're still a bloody dangerous team, and they've still got cracking players. But I mean, they're psychologically cracked since the final. Yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. that. I mean, it, yeah. it's obvious, but mm. they're very very dangerous. I mean, yeah. And uh, and I think so, what, what makes them dangerous as well is the fact that it's you know we talked about Sunday being Man United's cup final against against us yeah. well obviously because of what happened in Madrid and everything and particularly the way things have gone for them since there yeah. I'm sure part of their psychological build up to this match will be well this, this is an opportunity Liverpool, yeah. to set the yeah. record straight here and even if you know, we, we should absolutely rightly be full of confidence going into the game you know, mm. we're, we're all long enough in the tooth round here to know that football has a habit of throwing up mad little Curveballs. Yeah. You know, yeah, Liverpool yeah. haven't lost a league game at home for two and a half years now. Yeah. April mm. 2017, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, we, I think Tottenham do have generally a very poor record at Anfield going right the way back to kind of like you know, the, the early part of the, the 20th century. I remember they were beating 7 0 one time, were they? Something like that. They were right? 78 79. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Terry Max yeah. Heather. Yeah. Yeah. One, yeah. one of the classic yeah. games. Yeah. The greatest ever goal at Anfield. So, so Salad and. Yeah, so, sorry. So. so uh, you know, it's a huge game we're all looking forward to it but Liverpool mm. must be aware that they, it's another potential banana yeah, scheme yeah, yeah. but if they get on top of Spurs we're better than them mm. obviously to prove that so Salah and George facing Spurs we scored six in his last eight starts against them but Harry Kane also always tends to score against Liverpool doesn't he so you know like last time we had the trickle over the line didn't we <laughs> in the last few minutes remember that one it was one all Spurs were the most impressive team I thought to come to Anfield last season. Absolutely, yeah. and then we had the yeah. uh, 
with a ball trickled over the line, the goalie tried oh, to retrieve yeah, it. Yeah, the Valdivero down goal couldn't... Yeah. I mean, I'd it. have one of them in the 19th all minute again all day. day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean like the Pickford goal like that? Yeah. <laughs> See, we weren't going to mention that. Oh, come on. We weren't going to mention that. Well, I might as well, you know. Beat us to it, to be fair, yeah. So I mean, yeah, looking forward to Spurs, but we can't take it too lightly. It's like, uh, you know, even though there's, they've still got some class players, uh, they've been going through a sticky patch, and they probably be thinking, you know, Anfield away, this is a big one. But Pochettino, early well. goal will be Pochettino want to put a marker down, won't he? You know, yeah, people are doubting yeah. him slightly, you know, as, yeah, a, as, a, as a elite manager. Yeah, and he is an elite manager. Yeah, so we all want to put a marker down. Yeah, and also there's a feeling that you know. The players had stopped playing for yeah, them, absolutely. you know, yeah. and there's been all sorts of rumours about that. So maybe they'll after Red Star Belgrade, they'll want to prove a point, you know. Yeah. He'll, he'll, they'll be thinking that that a good result here and a win at Anfield kickstart. would massively kickstart, inject life into their season. Yeah. And and Liverpool have to be aware that, that they will be looking on it, mm. looking on the game on that basis, and make sure that we we hit the ground running, start fast, and don't yeah. give them an inch. Absolutely. Yeah. So the match officials are referee Anthony Taylor with Insure's finest, <laughs> but also more, more importantly, the VAR officials are <laughs> Paul Tierney and Dan Robertson. Don't know who they are, like, but presumably uh, you'll have good views of the screen. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on now to um, to Henry Henry Abdonald's Evertonian from Belfast. Daniel He's got the Lions down today. Sorry, <laughs> Daniel and the Lions Den. Yeah, well, you know, you've I got guess, your uh, you've got your blue microphone, haven't you? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, it's red. It's red. Um, so you have a book out now, which is about a love story across the sectarian divide and war-torn Belfast during the seventies and eighties. It's fiction, but centres on football and music uh, and your other team, Cliftonville FC. So, what gave you the idea to write this book when your previous books have been about? Uh, what you know, Northern Ireland, um, Inler, UDA, David Trimble, Martin McGuinness. I mean, what gave you the idea to write this book? The book's been nagging at me for twenty odd years since yeah. the, the the end of the war, the end of the, the ceasefires coming. You know, yeah. the peace process. What was it all about? Growing up in cent- central Belfast in the seventies, you know, going to school, playing football, going to games with guys who ended up in. Cemeteries or in prisons, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The road. What would have had to take in that road, you know? Kind of. It was always yeah. a nagging question. The the whole issue of the divide in in the city, you know, uh, orange and green, for what for want of a better word, and also the kind of the contradictions, you know. You talk about football and music. Music playing a big part. The punk scene in Belfast bringing yeah. people together spontaneously. We involved in the punk scene. Yeah, yeah. Very much open about yeah. seventy seven, seventy eight onwards. Uh, and bands as well, uh, and um, just not as successful as your band now, Pete. You know, by any means, uh, we were very unsuccessful. <laughs> but uh, but you know that, that that whole mix of things, and it was a story that needed to be told. And I don't think much of the literature of, of you know, like Troubles Northern Ireland yeah. reflects that really. And your authenticity, uh, you mean exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I tried to do that yeah, in yeah. the book, and you know, yeah. and, and bring so it in, and bring so in things that people were actually interested in, yeah. so like football. Yeah. Like music, yeah. like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So it centres around um, a cup final that Cliftonville were involved in. But if you could really tell us about uh, Belfast, I mean, when you talk about Belfast, you tend to think of Liverpool and Man United fans, don't you? You know, in, yeah. ter- in many yeah. respects, you know. But uh, in terms, of how many teams are there in Belfast? There are at present. There is Cliftonville, Linfield, Glentoran, and Crusaders. 
And then there's kind of teams on the periphery of the city. There used to be five or six, and Belfast yeah. Celtic existed right up to the, 19, the late, early 1950s. So um, you have a great soccer tradition in the city. Yeah. Uh, and Soccer, do you say soccer? Well, football it? because of the Gaelic, because Gaelic, because oh, because right, Gaelic yeah, sports, yeah. so we have yeah. to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. football tradition. Let you, want, you know, thanks very much. <laughs> and really, no, it, it goes back a long, long time. And, you know, a lot of great players. I mean, obviously, the obvious one, George Best. Mm. But so many others, Derry Dugan, you know, people yeah. like that, Jen- Jenny's and yeah, all, yeah. all the guys. Jerry Armstrong, who I know quite well, a t- a top man, a real top man. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the rivalry isn't just sectarian. I mean, the, the most intense rivalry is between two teams with large Protestant support, Glentoran and Linfield. Right. You ask any Linfield fan or Glentoran fan, who do you hit? Cliftonville, because they're supported mainly by Catholics. No, yeah. it's Linfield or Glentoran. Oh, right, yeah. That's, yeah, their, that's yeah. their intense rivalry. Yeah. So it cuts across. It's yeah. more complicated than people yeah. think in England. You know, it yeah. isn't like Celtic and Rangers in Glasgow. Right, okay. it's more complicated. Yeah. So you said when you were growing up, there was no real. Uh, you had Liverpool fans on the Falls, and you had Liverpool yeah. fans on the Shankill. It so, wasn't. There was no real sectarian divide. But you get the impression from when you live in Liverpool that there is. But no, no, it's a complete myth. I mean, yeah. I know guys that went to the hits blocks, long yeah. cash, the Mayor's prison, for the IRA. Yeah. And the, one of them in particular sent me, sent me a photograph of himself at Christmas in the 1980s and he's wearing the Liverpool shirt with candy on remember when you were sponsored by yeah, candy yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, shirt yeah. right yeah. and yet I'd, I'd go up to visit loyalist prisoners and they'd all be in Liverpool tops you know so yeah. it Liverpool Man United Everton to a lesser extent just because mm. it wasn't as big, bigger support at Leeds United big support in big Ireland because yeah, of the Northern success Ireland. in the 70s yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. you know they had huge reach but it was supported by everyone. So this kind of myth that, oh, all the Catholics supported Everton, all the Prod supported Liverpool and Belfast, it's complete nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you That's know when you, were, when you were talking about the pubs, like the Liverpool pubs, was mm. that would have been populated by both Catholics and Protestants in Liverpool? In the city centre. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, there was a loyalist feud between the UVF and UDA in 2000 and uh, a lot of the families families of UVF pr- prisoners and members that, that were burnt out of their homes um, ended up being billeted in an unofficial stress award, unofficial Liverpool kind of bar on the Shankill Road. Yeah. And I went up to interview them and I was being a bit nervous and stuff and, you know, interviewing people who had just been burnt out of their houses. Yeah, yeah. And this top ex-paramilitary says to me, what's wrong with your son? Are you worried about being in a prod area because you're from a Catholic background? He says, no, I'm just feeling comfortable all these pictures on the wall of like... Terry McDermott and Kevin <laughs> and they're making me really feel like the exposure oh, you know? <laughs> it wasn't the fact that you guys have guns and you kill people <laughs> it was just so, a jest you know yeah but so uh, you're saying it was the Alan Ball's white boots is that, yeah, is that yeah. what's the, that's what's to blame for your I'm order? afraid so it was a, lo- a love of Alan Ball and that, yeah. that kind of swashbuckling kind of midfield play and as a yeah. kid in, and yeah so you know look, and that was in the late 60s early 70s yeah, yeah. yeah. 69, you know, 60, yeah. 70, the year of the league. But, you know, um, so, you know, I, I often joke, I mean, my mate who I was talking about who was in jail, he was in for life. He served less being a Liverpool fan than I've got for serving for Everton, you know. People, <laughs> people, get more, people get less for murder, you know, but there you go. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of when did you first come over to watch Everton or? 78, uh, well, no, 77 was the semi-final. I went to the semi-final in, in Main, Main Road. Road. yeah, yeah. Clive Thomas. The, the, Brian, the, the Brian infamous Hamble. Clive Thomas. Oh, I could hardly, right. It was that small, I could hardly see the goal going in. Bran Hamilton. But yeah, many, I mean, many years later. Did you come over with? With my dad. My dad yeah, brought yeah. me over. When, many, many years later, Brian Hamilton is the manager of Northern Ireland. I'm working in BBC Northern Ireland. I was security correspondent at the time in the ceasefires. 
And Brian had just brought Northern Ireland training Republican West Belfast for the first time. This was seen as kind of a a small a move, example yeah. of outreach and yeah. things moving on in Northern Irish society, right? Belfast in particular. And I, I said to him, before he went in the studio, I grabbed him by the lapel says, Brian, yeah. tell me, was it a goal? And he just went, he pointed at his chest and went, it hit me there. It hit me there. It didn't hit my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that burned in my memory. I'm kind of traumatised from that, really. Never mind all the violence and the bombs <laughs> and the shootings. You know? That's much more traumatic. Did you, yeah, did you get to the cup finals in the 80s? Did you? 84, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and 95. Yeah. And I don't know what you're going to say. There weren't that many after, well, apart from the ones we lost to you lot. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also at university, uh, the 84-85 season, getting the National Express. That was a, from Edinburgh Uni with a couple yeah. of Evertonians drinking the Buckfast at the back of the bus and ended <laughs> oh, up here in this great city. And of course, that famous 84-85 season, which led to European glory for Everton in Rotterdam with the beat yeah. Real, uh, Rapid Vienna, <clears throat> started in Ireland, didn't it, with um, the first leg, first That's round right. tie against University College Dublin. That's which a, UCD. Evan, <laughs> UCD, which Evan only just scraped through 1-0. Who my partner and I works for? As a, she's well, an academic I, at UCD. <laughs> I know that. I've a look at Wikipedia. That's, that's You've yeah, got a, a confession yeah. to make, though, haven't you, about uh, one of your family members... Oh yes, well I meant as well, because this is a Liverpool podcast and it's important yeah. and I hope Patrick will listen to it. Uh, my, my two girls are both Evertonians, they've both been to Goodison. Yeah. My son has, but he is a die-in-the-wool red. How did, that, how did that happen? <laughs> it could be the revenge of the ex-wife, because all her family are all caught by it, you know? <laughs> uh, But um, no, he just likes Liverpool and, and you know, I brought him, I brought him to the, the tour at Anfield a few years ago. Yeah. So you know, no, it, it's uh, you know, it's the way he is, and that's it. He's mm. my son. I have to love him anyway. Mm, yeah, <laughs> no choice. So, what do you think when you look at Liverpool? Uh, you know, Everton been struggling, haven't they? Let's face it. But Absolutely. when you w- w- Liverpool's revival on the Klopp, I mean, how how do you feel as an Evertonian uh, looking at that? You, it's you, you, I think what we need to do is learn from it. I mean, obviously we've spent a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Klopp has spent very wisely. Yeah. It's very. That's clear. He's bought the right players. He's slotted people into the right places. Um, I'm. I'm hoping that things will turn. But uh, you know, we, we will see. Mm. Looking at December, that game, that midweek game with trepidation, I'll probably oh, be. Yeah. God knows where I'll be. To Would watch you prefer Allardyce to be there? Or? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I think we, we. There has to be a happy medium. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, you know, I know. Uh, you know, I'm just dreading the text from the sun at the end of the game because every time we play you lot and he, you win, he's, he's first on the oh, right, on the yeah. text message, ha-ha, Dad, we yeah. won again. So you know? do you think you're you an approach like Liverpool's line? I mean, you say park the bus, uh, but I mean, well, it's, it's you know, it's going to be hard, isn't it? You well, know? It's, how, do you, how do you park a bus for 90 minutes against exactly, a team of yeah, intensity, yeah. the play yeah. with such intensity and speed like Liverpool? Mm. Um, I mean, you can't be play 4-3-3 or something. That'd be a big suicide, but... I mean, yeah. it's going to be extremely difficult, uh, you know. But I was at that derby where we got the draw uh, a few years ago with uh, a Jackie Alcaco. Uh, that was something that was... Oh, last minute when he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, at, yeah, I was yeah, actually in yeah, Anfield yeah, Road yeah. that day, you know. But um, You were saying you, you, one of your favourite derby games was, was it a, the FA Cup game? Yeah, it? but it was, the, it, it, it was the Gosling goal, the, the last minute oh, yeah. goal that oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was in the, the main stand then, you know. Yeah. So, and my son wouldn't talk to me for about a week afterwards, you know. <laughs> but it's still, he's still got a... A Liverpool top for Christmas, you know, so it was yeah, all right. yeah, it was yeah, after Christmas, yeah. but he got it. So, top. in in the book, um, Two Souls, it's Cliftonville uh, Cup final, but there's no real, there's no reference to Everton, and like I get the impression from talking to you, and when I've seen interviews by you saying it's almost semi biographical, you know, in terms, but there's no references to to English footballers, there really, or 
No, there isn't really no. because I, I wanted to keep the intensity on that day, that 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 day and that that weekend because it was an extreme. It was like warfare. I mean, you think that Cliftonville I mean, would play in Portadown, Port but I mean, if they did, the Portadown fans wouldn't come to Belfast. Is that no, right? No, they or? did, but but they were backed up by every single other fan that hated Cliftonville. <laughs> so we had lots of Linfield supporters are right. watching us to lose, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, the, I mean, terrible days. Those hooligan days. I mean, we were glad they were rid of that kind of rubbish, you know. But I mean, the the kind of the violence about football associated in Belfast then was much more intense. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember being at a Cliftonville Linfield game and, and someone threw a hand grenade at us, a military grade oh hand grenade, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. that's the way it used to be. It yeah, used to be yeah. like, you know, it was war war by other means. Yeah. But yeah. thank God those days are over. And in fact the Irish League's got an anti sectarian code now. Right. Yeah. And mode of behaviour people have to adhere to at grounds which is working. Mm. You know, Linfield fans don't come to solitude now and sing the sash. They don't. Yeah. I mean, they sing their own songs in praise of their team, and they're yeah, actually yeah. they're actually very well behaved. Wasn't all credit to them. Wasn't there a story recently of um, someone who passed away? And uh, yeah, I and mean, that's a brilliant story, isn't it? Tommy Breslin was our most successful manager. Ever. We won back to back titles in the two thousand and tens. Start off, yeah, and um, the current champions are Linfield and. The David Healy who scored that famous goal looking for Northern Ireland against yeah. England and yeah. the one that won a few right a few years ago. Yeah. David Healy walked into in the mass and into, into the chapel in North Belfast with the league trophy. But instead of the red, white and blue of Linfield, it was the red and white of Cliftonville uh ribbons yeah. to represent Tommy's great achievements and right. the, the the entire church burst into applause. It was yeah, a, nice, it yeah. was a moment of great you know, a bit like the way Evertonians and and Liverpool yeah. fans united after Overhills. Yeah. You know, there was yeah. it wasn't the same kind of no. gravity, but nonetheless, but that kind of so it's an example of solid. Exactly, the, that's the word. They're the type of stories you want to hear about, aren't they? Really, yeah. but you know, they don't never they never make the headlines unless mm-hmm. there's been an incident there. You know, it's not in the news, is it? You know? no, but it's much more important. I, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting you say as well that kind of the, the steps that they've taken to deal with sectarian issues in Northern Ireland do seem to be having an effect and this is someone you know, that goes to matches and you know knows what to look Season and listen for. Whereas from... Hey, I don't follow the Scottish game as closely as I used to and there have been incidents in recent times, mm. I think even this season, where songs are still getting sung, the likes of Stephen Gerrard is having to come out and say things. Um, you know, it, from the sounds of it, the, the, the Scottish League should be maybe taking a look at what's happening mm. in Northern Ireland and following the lead there. I could not agree more. I think... There needs to be harder action taken by the Scottish FA mm. and other authorities, to including the Scottish government, about the old firm thing. Uh, I, I think we, I mean, I think we've moved on. Yeah. We were the ones that suffered the war. We're the ones that had thousands <clears throat> of people killed, yeah. you know. And we, we don't need people across in Scotland telling us yeah. that they know better. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I find yeah. it, I'm, I'm quite yeah. resentful of that. Understand, and I think yeah. they need to take a leaf out of our book. I mean, you know, yeah. there's great respect now between the teams, and mm. it's something, and the supporters. Mm. Look, I mean, we're, the rivalry's still there, but it is and rivalry's not, important. But it's it not. Yeah. It is not on a nasty, mm. vicious level the way what, it was. What, what do you think, Kenny, when you hear you know um, songs directed at Liverpoolians, whether it's Old Trafford or yeah. or at Goodison or Anfield, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, about, yeah. you know murders and things yeah, like yeah. that. What do you think when you hear that type of? I thing, think it's vile. It's it's repugnant. And uh, it's just, you know, it's as bad as people talking, you know, goading people about bombs, about bomb massacres in Belfast or the Shankle Butchers. Yeah, It's it's vile and it has to stop and people have to wise up. It is. Mm. And I think Ian mentioned just before, I think it it, it is is a stain on the game that we all love, on Mm. society. 
but the only answer to it is education. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I, th I think we have to say as well, you know, the, the, yeah. the Liverpool supporters are not whiter than white, and I, I think people on all sides. Mm of this can and need to do better. Mm. Friend of mine said, friend of mine said, we were watching Linfield a few years ago, it was a cracking game, three old draw before the Merseyside derby, which was a Sunday, it was a dire nil-nil draw, if you remember it. I, mm. I went to both <laughs> games, I flew over the next morning and <clears throat> somebody was giving Linfield a bit of a hassle in the stadium <clears throat> and my friend turned around and Martha McGee's long-term Cliftonville van and he says, the only supporters you shouldn't like are the ones that never, never go to football, the Sky Sports pubs fans. Yeah. Who, yeah. who spurred on about football and would never pay a penny in through a town mm. stud. They are the only supporters you should dislike. It's, it's mm. I thought I liked that. I'd agree with that, yeah. It's the education process, isn't it? Like we'd be talking about, you know, know who your enemy is. You know, mm. it's not yeah. someone who speaks in a different yeah. accent. That's gone like viral across the mm. internet. And I think what we try and push on fan support and food banks and you were there on Sunday and you took yeah. food down uh, to Old Trafford. And it's just, it's just chipping away, isn't it? Mm. And it's educating fans, and as Dan says, it, it is an education process, like you said, but you just outlined brilliant what's happening mm. across in, in Northern Ireland. That needs to happen to Scotland, yeah. but also here as well. You know, that's, need, that's, that's, need, it's an education, isn't it? It's, I mean, you, you were instrumental in starting uh, fans for food banks, Ian. I mean, on Sunday, yeah, the Spirits of Shankly delegation took uh, yeah. food parcels through to Man United. Yeah. Yeah. But then you go on the ground and it's completely different. You know, yeah. it's it's hard to get your head round it, isn't it? You know, but it it, it, people are saying, well, a lot of people are saying, well, well, we like that because we like that intensity, like we like that hatred. But I mean, well, that's grace, isn't it, for 90 minutes? But bigger picture stuff here, isn't it? You know, peace yeah. of, I know Peace of Malls went to Spirits of Shankly and, it, and it's, it's, it's groundbreaking. Uh, what we're doing uh, with other supporter groups and bringing them together on on that and from that then flows the the, the ticket stuff and the, the collaboration and the working class solidarity and it, it's it's a, it's a start of a process for me it's a start of a process and yeah. you've just got to keep going so even if what we do is then you got then you go on the ground and you hear the songs but then slowly but surely it'll it'll break down because I know when Newcastle. Uh, come last year and they were singing the songs about Feed the Scousers yeah. they got called out by their food mm. their own fans they yeah. got called yeah. out they've been saying that for years yeah, yeah, yeah. so they got called out big time yeah. and that's what we've got to start doing and you know yeah. I think and, and self-policing I think at the end of the day I think the closing yeah. authorities can do as much as they like you can lead a horse to water ultimately what it needs is the people stand alongside them in the in the ground in the boozers wherever to shout them down and say hey in, yeah. pack it in it, it's not on yeah, absolutely so we in your um, hoping to be uh, standing for um, West Derby, aren't you? As Labour MP. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, how would you so feel with that? Would you see that as from the terraces to Westminster if you get if you get selected, or is it just a you know continuation of your work with the food banks? And yeah, well, yeah, I think it's just we've always uh, we've I think general consensus that potentially we don't get enough working class people come through. Uh, so. I was asked to uh, stand and give it a go, and I'm going to give it a good go. So a week Sunday we'll have a hustings to some great candidates, uh, and I think we give our paint our vision and maybe uh, make the best candidate win. And I think that's yeah. I've, I've always uh, everything I've done in my life is mm. to like that ethos, and that's how I'm going to do it. Good clean campaign, and the best person wins. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks, and uh, thanks for coming in, Henry. That's uh, brilliant insight into. Uh, into what's going on uh, football in in Northern Ireland. Thanks, Dan, as well, coming in, and thanks, Ian. You've Cheers, been listening please. to Ale La Rouge. Uh, appreciate any feedback on social media, and hopefully, we can uh, get back to winning ways on Sunday against uh, Spurs, and we'll be 
doing another Ali Le Rouge podcast in a couple of weeks. Uh, thanks for listening to all our listeners all around the world, and thanks for everyone for uh, coming in. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ali Le Rouge podcast on the Blood Red Channel.